Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. This is where we round up all the best bits from our live Saturday night show on Talk Radio. And this week, Natalie and Harriet were away, but I was joined by the amazing legend that is Trisha, and also Deborah James, aka Bow Babe and Sun Columnist. We were talking the news, we're obviously celebrating England's win, we were talking about cosmetic surgery in Love Island, and 70 years of the NHS. Plus, can entrepreneurship be a force for good? All that coming up next on the Badass Women's Hour podcast. One, two, three, four! But first up, well, there's two big things to celebrate today. So first of all is Pride. Pride is happening in London today. It's been amazing. I've seen all the um, letterboxes have all been painted in rainbows and there just seems to be a really fun vibe. And then, of course, we won the football today, um, you know, which is a great celebration. But equally, um, we've already been trolled on Twitter for mentioning this, we wanted to talk about the fact that there is a problem with domestic violence with football. So whether we win or we lose, domestic violence rates go up. And both of the two of you said that on your journey here, what did you notice, Tricia, on your journey here? in terms of Because the match had literally just finished, right? It had just finished. It was really scary. Well, because of pride, there were you know, no roads open um so i had to finally i flagged down a cab and while in the cab every time we stopped there would be very excitable and it was it was intimidating uh, football supporters r- rattling the doors of the cab trying to get in shouting swearing at the cab driver when he wouldn't let them in the already occupied cab and uh, i thought oh my god it's already started and Going home tonight, I, I'm worried about Are walking you? past pubs. Yeah, mm. yeah, I am. Yeah. I think we're going to be asking that question, aren't we? Um, in terms of, uh, should we put it out there in terms of the question that we're going yeah, to be asking tonight? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah. So have you guys witnessed aggressive behaviour during the World Cup? And we want to hear your views on it, don't we? Mm. Um, so please tweet us um, here at Talk Radio and Badass Women's Hour. Um, I had exactly the same in terms of the journey here. So I got a kind of almost a taxi all the way across London. Um, and the, the closer into London I got, uh, the yeah. more the more vibrant I suppose the, uh, the the atmosphere became however there's loads and loads of sirens going on out there um, yeah. I've seen um, I, see, I saw two fights in the space of um, four to five minute journey um, and, and you wait till later on till th- tonight yeah, when there's more alcohol around. Uh, with a lot of police around and that's that's not people kind of everybody is happy and rightly so let's hope um, I think it's the we haven't got this far in 28 years have we in terms of um, my son was like what do you mean I've got a 10 year old son and he was like it's 
isn't England always like this? And I was like, no, <laughs> this is not normal. Um, but yeah, I, I do worry a little bit, actually, because there is a lot of alcohol. And yeah. Don't get me wrong, we all like a glass of wine, but there is some interesting behaviour. And that was at five o'clock today. Yeah, and yeah. there's been this research into the link, and there's been a big campaign recently about it yeah. um, from the National Centre of Domestic Violence. And they basically looked at when England lost a game, um, they uh, the domestic violence rose by 38%. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think like much as you know, you can go, oh, this is a big celebration. Like this is not a stat you want to be seeing on a but, day but, which yeah. should be celebrated. But that's when they lose a game. So we won today. What can we expect? Uh, I think it's 26 percent. So it even yeah. it, it does doesn't, still rise. Doesn't matter if yeah. we win or lose. It, domestic yeah. violence goes up after after an England game. Now, do you think that's linked to alcohol, though? Oh gosh, it's got to I be. I don't know. Is it? Uh, is it just excitement? Is it charge? Is it? You know, people are just charged yeah. up and excited. Because I was thinking, I wonder if there's also a link to gambling in case people have lost money. Right. Okay. You but know, I was wondering. I think, what... I, th- I think as well, there's gambling. There, there are lots of other things. There's also that kind of of. Um, and this sounds very un-PC to say, but Condoleezza Rice was somebody who brought this up, because of the advancement. Slow albeit slow advancement of women's rights and their presence. I think increasingly when men, primarily men, get together, it becomes even more of a macho thing than maybe it was before. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we'll talk about it a bit later. Um, Dr Pippa Grange, the um, psychological coach for the England team, who's done an amazing job working on with psychometric uh, uh, tests and, and help for the team. And reading online what people are saying about her has taken me back to the early 70s mm. when I remember that kind of language was commonplace and people are currently in court for it. Mm. We'll talk about people a bit later but I think what it leads quite nicely on is the story that I've seen this week about Gareth Southgate who's got a very different approach to being the England manager and what people are saying is now that he is a bit of a going to become a bit of a beacon for a new type of masculinity Um, and just the way that he's been training and talking about the guy have you noticed anything different about his approach this year do you think in terms of managing the team he's very calm isn't he mm. so I view him as an incredibly he's a bit of a swan I, I could be wrong but you know what <laughs> paddling, I mean paddling, <laughs> paddling under the, you know all the cogs are turning and actually everything on the surface is under control yeah. and he wears waistcoats <laughs> he wears waistcoats <laughs> but also Absolutely. did you notice the game the other week when they went to penalties now normally they're being reprimanded and shouted at mm. by the English mm. coach you know yeah. traditionally and he was just they, they, um, they did the subtitle showing what he was saying to the team and he was saying things like, keep calm, you've got this. Like, it was all sort of positive and affirmations. And that, that's all part of the training as well that, guess, that, yeah. that this uh, Pip has done. But also, the other thing I think is that since we've had him there, there have been players talking about their mental health and yeah. well-being. Rio Ferdinand came out with that whole show. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was it's in not we- It's not seen as weakness. It isn't weakness. No. Mental health problems are, you know, one in four of us at any time in our lives will have a mental health problem we need help for. Mm. That's a conservative estimate. It is a strength to be able to admit it. And uh, sadly, there's so much stigma people can't. So football players being able to do that and being encouraged to do that is a fantastic beacon. Remember, young men are more likely to die at their own hand than accidents, illness, everything together. So something like... Uh, a football manager 
encouraging his team to be open about mental health for me is huge. is amazing. Suicide and is actually sorry, Emma. Suicide no. is actually the leading cause yes, of under twenty five, isn't yes, it? Yes, of of young men. Um, I I absolutely agree. I think mm. it's um, I cried the way th- you know my way through that Rio Ferdinand program. Yeah, it was phenomenal. It was absolutely. But won't it be really interesting if you know England are doing so well? You know, if they actually won based on this kind of new approach, yep. I wonder what sort of impact that's going to have for somebody to almost have a bit more of a progressive pr- approach working with psychologists like uh, what was her name Pippa? Uh, d- yes Dr Pippa Grange. Pippa Grange. Yeah well I hope so you know it's interesting what you, you, you're saying about Gareth having a new approach let's remember that his squad is the age you know un- they're all what under 25. Yeah. It is a new generation of male and I think a lot of the horrible things that have come out about um, seeing it as wussy um, is is probably from older males who can't understand this this new approach. And them winning, they're going to have to sit up and, and, and watch. So it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it Absolutely. is a completely new yeah. approach to it, isn't it? Yeah, and funny enough, the last time um, England, I believe, did really well, which possibly 28 years ago, 20, 26 years ago, I think. I believe that this kind of mindset approach was used actually in, w- with the England manager at the time and it was changing the mindset and it was looking at, right boys, how are we going to use kind of a bit of a growth mindset? How are we going to work together to, we, we've got the, we've got the physical ability here. We know yes. that we can, we can, we've, I've trained you, you know, through and through. We know that we can do this. It's doing it on the day, isn't it? And that is about mindset and it's about mindset Absolutely. under pressure and we can't dismiss that. And you know what? Those boys nail penalties the other day um i know and and clearly um yeah. you know it's worked again today so you know fa- hats off yes yeah. absolutely yeah we'll see what's happening but I, and i also wonder what the impact might be if we start leading with that different mindset whether we are still going to have this aggression this intimidation that you've experienced on the way here so uh we're going to talk about the nhs because this week it's there's 70, 70 years since 70 the NHS, years. NHS started. And I've seen loads of things on my socials and people, you know, posting and celebrating the NHS. And I actually sat and thought to myself how many times I have needed them in my lifetime. And when you actually think about it and how much they've helped you, it is it is such an incredible thing that we've got here. Yeah. Um, Tricia, tell us about what you what do you think what are you doing to sort of celebrate the NHS or you know I mean you've had breast cancer you've had a lot yeah. of treatment through them. Um, well, I didn't I couldn't use the NHS because um, unfortunately publicity meant they couldn't guarantee my safety and it would have taken too many resources to. Interesting. Right. It's one of the reasons I moved overseas because of the way I was stalked when I was going through treatment nothing was off off limits wow. even in a private private hospital with security but both my parents worked for the NHS and my younger daughter Maddie is also uh, going to work for the NHS we both took part in the march that Donald Trump kind of got confused why we're doing it he thought we were marching uh, against it we were marching against further cuts to the NHS. Um, I'm a huge NHS fan. Living in the States, I have girlfriends who've been through breast cancer and their treatment. Remember, if you've had anything, an illness with insurance, um, you can't claim on that again. So their treatment will be often tailored to their insurance programme. One friend of mine didn't have radiotherapy 
her cancer came back no insurance you've already you've you've done it once um you know so uh, and the costs the extra costs and every bit of soap everything like that so people in the states by and large have completely the wrong idea about what what the national health service is um but it, it every time i come back here i'm just so thankful for it i mean it's been the lifeblood of my family from a from a working from a professional point of yeah. view yeah and deborah you write a column for the sun don't you yeah right? i do i wrote about it this week so i think it's um i think the nhs is an amazing thing but i also think that we are the first to criticize it <laughs> um and it, it is failing at the moment well not across the board but we're failing to meet targets and yes we've got a crisis in, in funding as well mm. um, and that needs to be solved but money isn't actually the only kind of solution um and it's amazing when you start looking at the stats and because i was writing on the column this week i was looking at kind of some of the the way the funding is used in the nhs and i'm just going to kind of throw out a few well what i think are quite alarming stats actually so nine percent of the nhs budget um is actually which is worth about 8.8 billion pounds which is more than we spend on the police and the fire service is actually taken up by um, diabetes. Now, this isn't type 1 diabetes, so it's not the kind of one that is actually, you, you know, um, my, my cousin has that where you actually need to inject every day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very diet-related, and 9 out of 10... Is that type 2 It's type 2, and 9 yeah. out of 10... Sorry, yeah, 9 out of 10 type 2 uh, diabetes are, is caused by diet-related, so essentially obesity. Um, and that is taking up 9% of, the, of our budget. On top of that, around 40% of um, diseases that are treated within the NHS are actually from preventable causes. Now, preventable causes are things such as exercise, as diet, so so not having, uh, and smoking. Mm -hmm. And these then lead to cancers. Now, I have uh, bowel cancer. Mine wasn't anything to do with my lifestyle. However, four in 10 cancers are to do with lifestyle choices. Four in 10? Yeah. Yes. And I I appreciate that the vast majority of people might be sitting there on the other side of the fence. I know like Trish and myself, um, whose cancers were not derived from anything that we did. But at the same time, there is a proven link. And, you know, I was the vegetarian that got bowel cancer. However, (laughs) I did work. uh, When I worked as a stewardess in the old days, it was in the aircraft where they now know that uh, radiation was a lot stronger. And also they smoked on aircraft and they smoked, yeah. they smoked yeah. as well and I was doing shift work absolutely and so I, you know I can see yeah. see the but minuses don't, but don't you think we have a bit of a mindset of if you have a problem you go immediately to the doctor and the doc- doctor gives you some sort of drugs for it I don't think we have a culture of preventative if, preventative yeah. 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 Or, under- or even that deep understanding of you know diet and nutrition I know when my dad got diagnosed with prostate cancer one of the first things I did was get him to see a nutritionist but mm. I think he was skeptical because he was like but my doctor's told me that I'm eating healthily and you know I'm doing all this stuff and the nutritionist was really interesting because she said it's not just about what you eat but you've got to really look at how you detoxify your liver to cope with the drugs and I never even thought about oh, yes. yeah. when you're going through about treatment that. yeah, yeah because but your doctor's live. not telling you that the nutritionist was was yeah. telling him that and it's not just it's not just about kind of how we treat things it's about awareness as well so I know bowel cancer kind of awareness is very low but in terms of um there was a report actually um out recently by the Eva pill um which looks at all types of gynecological cancers and womb cancer yeah. um uh, we only two in five women actually know any signs or symptoms of 
colon cancer. Um, as a result, there's actually a really good resource that the Eva Pill have put out this week, um, kind of highlighting to women what those symptoms are that we should be looking for. Um, but that's quite worrying because actually it costs the NHS far less when diseases are picked up in early stage yeah. than at late stage. Um, so actually, I think it's time that we start taking a little bit of responsibility for our own health um, You know, to, and say, right, yeah, we, we need to get a system that is working, but we also need to start doing stuff to look after ourselves. Absolutely. And exercise you, that, is huge. Right? You've, also, you've, also got to be, you've also got to be careful because in the state, people are looking out because of uh, the insurance costs and the yeah. payout. When I say people are looking out for it, it's all the snake oil people <laughs> yeah. who will Thank tell you, you do this, Absolutely. do that, do this, do that. But do you and think, in because you have to pay for your medical care, do you think the states does have a bit more of an attitude? Do you, do you feel yes. that people are a little bit more like, I'm going to try and help myself and be preventative? Yes and no, because often, uh, often poverty comes into it. Bad diet um, is... is it's, it's financially controlled and distances as well, which we don't actually have in the UK. That's a big difference. I mean, you can drive when I go, we used to go to my house in Maine. You can drive on a five lane road for two hours and not see another person. There are huge distances yeah. to shops and what have you in, in rural America. We don't really have that here. Yeah. We, we have much easier access to good food here, yeah. although people might disagree with me, it and trust me, it is a lot easier here than it is in the states to get to a doctor. To to, um, I had a sore throat to go to see a doctor. I had to fill out all these forms. I had to pay up front. Um, she told me what I knew, but you know, yeah. having had cancer, you you're told every time you go to the doctor's, scream, I've had cancer. Yeah. And I think in the opposite end, on the opposite end of the scale, the thing that really frustrates me is I know. Um, that there are life-saving drugs that are not currently funded on the NHS um, because our resources are being used elsewhere. Called, yeah. um, and and let's face it, you know, there's not an unlimited amount of money going around. So what I'd be fighting for is is when you really need the you know when you really need the help, we need to be putting our resources into there, and and actually the stuff that we can do to to support and look after the NHS because it is incredible. But we need to develop a system that is going to work with us for the future um, and is not fit for purpose at the moment. Yeah. So let's look after it. Yeah, definitely. Let's get behind it. Mm. And are there any other things that you did, Tricia, in terms of um, your treatment going through breast cancer, in terms of that you changed that wasn't necessarily advice by the NHS, but it was things that you sought out to help yourself? Oh, yes. I um, At the time, 10 years ago, I wanted to keep working. I wanted to keep running and keep working out. And the consensus was that one should sit still and be quiet. And I had to really fight to keep active. Things have changed now. Mm -hmm. This is changed quickly with breast cancer. This was 10 years ago. And I was told, um, oh, people love to come up and tell you how many people they know who've died of cancer. But <laughs> I was, <laughs> I, was <laughs> I was, I had a lot of people try to scare me out of activity, but I had to keep working. I, I carried on working. I carried on running. No, I did not have a good time. I'm still suffering from the after effects of chemotherapy, and right. I've only just come off drugs after 10 years. But that kept me... I did that for my head I, because I've had depression in the past, and I was terrified that um, the two operations and the treatment and, and all of that would drag me back there. So I ran for my head. And um, now, of course, that's embraced and encouraged because we know it, it helps women recover. And there's a proven link to reduce anxiety and depression. Yeah. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome back to the Badass Women's Hour XL here on Talk Radio. And I'm missing my usual co-hosts, Natalie Campbell and Harriet Minter, but I've upgraded both of them for these two <laughs> legends. We've got Trisha Goddard, yes, the original Trisha. <laughs> the original and also Deborah James, a.k.a. Bow Babe, Sun Columnist. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank I, you. I love the fact that you were saying we you have upgraded. Totally upgraded. Yes, I mean, co- when you your get your co-hosts went like that. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, if, they, if they're tuning in, we're just keeping your seats warm. <laughs> we've been having some good chats haven't we about we uh, the nhs and about you know looking after ourselves a bit more take that burden off the nhs mm-hmm. and also to, you know obviously celebrating the england whim but we also needed to talk about those domestic violence rates going up and uh, we've put a poll out on twitter to see if anybody's experienced any like intimidating behavior uh, like you both did on your way here, didn't you? So mm. it was quite feisty. The game had just finished. It might get worse as the evening goes on as yeah, well. Yeah, might do, mightn't it? Hope not. Yeah. Hope not. But um, leading on from our, our NHS chat, uh, you know, normally you go to the NHS when you need surgery because you're unwell. But um, there's been lots of reports in the news this week about the Love Island contestants and the amount of cosmetic surgery that they have all had. Now, are you you two watching Love Island? Not really? No. Not, it's not my type of thing. I'm really type, sorry. Type of thing. No. But you know that everybody's kind of very, well, I mean... 
aesthetically pleasing, but it so, depends on yes. your type, really. I'm not thing. diverse, yeah. but there's I've, like a certain look. Yeah, I've watched a few episodes and I wondered if it's actually possible to look like that. But then I realised something. What's that? Well, I realised that naturally I don't think it is possible to look like that. Well, don't, you know... Can I? I'll nail my colours to the mast. Don't get me started. Now, when I when I was a little girl at school in the sixties, I was teased because of my big lips, my big bum, and all of those things. I was teased mercilessly. They used to say, "Oh, let's get Goddard's face and push her against the mirror so she'll stick on the mirror, stick on the window, kiss the window, and then you won't be able to move away." All of those things, and now people are paying to have their faces look like that, and they, the look is pure. Blop, sex doll. Well, there's been basically a call. One of the articles this week was about um, banning cosmetic surgery ads from Love Island because all the contestants on there have been having surgery. And like, so Megan, for instance, had 25 grand worth of surgery from implants. She's had a bum lift, hasn't she? She's had fillers. How old is she? They're like, they're all like in their early, early 20s. twenties. Children, yeah. And what they're saying is, you know, then you know, there's there's adverts that are all about cosmetic surgery, um, and you know, this is just not a good thing. You know, this, mm. there's a lot of people that watch that show. I I just from the point of view of, um, and my girlfriends know about this one, um, bre- boob jobs or breast implantations, um, I've. When I was in hospital, I was in a, a private hospital and apparently half the ward were women who'd had boob jobs and the other half were women who were having life-saving operations, no. right, myself. And the nurses treat everyone the same, but they admitted they struggled with the fact that they had people who had come in for boob jobs screaming and crying for painkillers. And they said it's very funny that the women going through cancer who saw their operations as a lifesaver tended to be more stoic and and be quieter. And the thing is, what happens once you've had a breast implant? Let me tell you, self-examination is hard enough already. The figures for breast cancer, do you really want to mess with that? Do you really want to mess with not being able to feel? And and, and things like mammograms. And I, having been through it, I, wa- I, no. I just don't understand why someone would say, you know what, having said so, I've had, yes, I've had fillers. I've had, when I went through chemo and I was on air, my face was collapsing in. Um, I have a fantastic surgeon who's like a cranial surgeon who, who administers it once a year, only once a year. And I felt a cheat because I started having it done at 52. I'm now 60. I, I have minimal, minimal. It's like I'm in there and out in 10 minutes. But I think that what we're seeing on Love Island is sort of it's a one dimensional aesthetic, right? And yeah. I they all look like, the same. Yeah. yeah, and it is. And I, feel, I, see, I see that a lot in society. And, you know, it's sort of, I mean, I'm sure it's kind of driven from your, your Kim Kardashians. Yeah. But yeah, the, the lip filler look, the, the boobs, cheeks. just the yeah. way everybody looks. And I feel, you know, when you're watching something like Love Island, which is totally mainstream, you can't underestimate the power of lots of people watching that and it being influenced by that, even, sometimes even subconsciously. Yeah, I've seen it firsthand. So in my previous previous life um still really passionate I, I was a deputy head teacher in a secondary school and spent 15 years working with teenagers and the thing that I still to this day find amazing is the fact that the most highly intelligent women who are 16 to 18 are still 
incredibly interested i'm not saying you know you can't be interested in your looks i think i Mm. think actually you should take pride in the way that you look and i do think boosting your confidence is one thing however believing that you have to live up to a stereotype is another and as a result i know 18 year olds who have had botox because they want to have botox before they develop lines does it prevent you getting lines if you have botox at that age there, that there, stop you from there aging? is some there is some suggestion that having early botox does help and my surgeon would tell you early botox would be late 30s early 40s not, not 18 do you know the best thing you can do to prevent wrinkles is use sunblock and stay yeah, out of the I sun that. yeah Ooh. i had yeah. that from a dermatologist she was like that is the number one <laughs> that's what i, I still wear i wear people say oh you you're oh black don't crack if i hear that once i've heard it a million times (laughs) it's actually your genetics is can only be a maximum of 20 percent lifestyle is 80 percent i come from a generation my mother's generation west indian ladies wore big hats long gloves i wear sunblock every damn day i don't go outside without a hat i do not sunbathe i do not do beaches i run i'm i don't eat meat I, I, what I have, I've earned. So when people tell me, oh, you're so lucky to look yeah. like that, I'm like, come, come right. be lucky with me right. for the next hour in the rain. Yeah. The thing that's quite, sorry, the thing that's quite worrying is that when I start posting stuff on Instagram, and I do a little bit of Instagramming, I have been contacted by a lot of companies offering me free Botox really? to sort out my line across my forehead. Now, I didn't really recognise that I had much of a line until they started pointing it out to me. And at first I was like, uh, excuse me, no thank you. And now, and I'm pr- a pretty confident person, and now I'm thinking, oh, clearly, you know, I've been contacted by a lot of companies, so now I'm thinking, I have a problem. And it's quite worrying. No, what you have to think is, I have money. Oh. That's a different mindset. That's a different mindset. I have money because I've looked at pictures of you because we were doing selfies. Yeah, I looked at she's she's one of these smolderers. Yeah. You would have to be in the business and 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 enlarging the picture. Who yeah. can we play upon next yeah. in order to see that? In life. order to see yeah. it, but it is quite worrying, isn't it? So if I'm being affected and I'm asking myself, do I need this? Um, and I'm, you know, pretty okay in this area. I wonder how many other people are then actually going ahead with it as a result. So do, you, do you think we should be banning the adverts then between Love Island, or do you think yeah. we should even be banning contestants on shows like this from having any like cosmetic yeah, surgery? Yeah, be real, be real. Be and real. I think if we can regulate the sorts of foods we put into children's programs because they they're not good for them then why can't we regulate it's like with alcohol yeah and what have you yeah there Cigarettes. is a, there's a health side to it would you ever get anything done Emma? do you know what no i i have a real problem i have a real problem with the term anti-aging because i'm like i am aging and like it's my birthday next week actually i'm How 42 next week oh, small child. and i feel absolutely privileged one that i'm still here at the age of 42 yeah, yeah. two that i am fit and healthy and for me I don't know. I really struggle to have anything done to my body that is not for medical purposes. Because purposes. Purposes. Yeah. I, I just can't understand going under a general anaesthetic for something cosmetic. Oh, yeah. Risking because, your life. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be times in my life where I need to, you know, so yeah. I'm. But I'm, what, what do you I'm mean anti-aging it. though? What do you mean? Well, it's the term anti-aging because... It just doesn't make any sense. How can you be anti-aging? We are aging. Every day we're aging. I'm not. How can <laughs> you're back in time. getting younger? It's just a fallacy. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm all for like, you know, getting good. You know, I'll spend money on skin creams to improve, you know, the appearance of my skin. But I would, I really want to embrace. You aging. don't want invasive 
No, 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 no. And also, I just kind of feel like when you see people who've, who've had it, it's addictive. It gets quite extreme. And then I don't think you look younger. You just look you, a bit weird. But you do look... Do you know, my, I, where I live in the States, there's a lot of women who have it done and they all look the same. And it is ageing. Yeah. It is ageing because you know, once there you see that stretched face look, you know... You're Raging. old. Yeah. You're old. You're trying to look young. Yeah. You know, and, and here's the other thing. They have all of that work done, but they still move like old people. Keep fit. Exercise. Jo- Joan Collins moves like a teenager. But to me, it's just it's just um, adding into a, like society that tells women our worth is based on how we look, but not just how we look, but on how young we look. And I feel like by, by taking part in this cosmetic surgery, we're almost perpetuating that. And we're almost saying, actually, do you know what? We're not enough just to be ourselves and to age like normal people age and also it's never ending so some of my yeah. friends have had Botox I'm like well how long does it last they're like oh about three months and Obviously I'm like no, I only have it every every year because it's done subtly but it's not all I mean the stuff that we're talking about on Love Island that's not about age though is it that's about a, a sex about doll look the well, lips it's an aesthetic are, isn't it well, yeah. well monkeys have you know the, why we wear lipstick because monkeys bottoms that oh yeah of course yeah. lipstick yeah. is That's monkeys red, bottoms yeah. the yeah. red so everybody wants their lips to look yeah. like, you know, a, a blow do- my, one of my One of my daughters <laughs> said, Mum, I've got no bust. I, years and years ago. And I used to say to her, you know, you're so lucky because you can wear Ralph Lauren couture. Never, I yeah. mean, she's going to work with the NHS. She'll never be able to afford it. But, um, <laughs> you know, and I... Uh, but. Uh, she saw me naked in they, my kids saw me naked in the bath all the time, so they could see this inverted commas aging happening. They, I don't think many young women today see another nude woman unless it's in a sexual context. Yeah, Do they see their mums, true. their aunts, like in, in 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 Middle Eastern societies and societies where they all bathe together? You see Granny's body. And they're normal. You don't, yeah. You don't see enough of real life, and especially with social media, everything that you're seeing has it's been edited and filtered. filtered. And you know, you can't underestimate that how much that influences you in terms of just always seeing perfection. Or you, you know, won't see that on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Well, I do, but I don't. It's I I, it's I don't want to be that phony. No, but it is it is hard as a woman. I think when it you have hard. been told your whole life. Yeah that your value is based on how you look. Yep. And, you know, like you say, Deborah, when somebody's, you know, contacting you on Twitter and pointing out... Because, like, you were talking to me and you were telling me about this line and I wasn't even looking at it. It's no. like when... It's like when I, friends bet, I bet you are now. <laughs> no, but, yes, I... <laughs> Only because, you know... Only because I pointed it out. But it, it does play on your confidence. And I think there is a big thing in terms of, actually, where is the line between building up your confidence and actually you know playing the part not not playing the part but you know making yourself feel nice actually and and beauty treatments and spas absolutely you know go for it actually you know if it, it's if it boosts, it's relaxing but also if it boosts the way that you feel about yourself then i am all for that um but, I but then where's like, the line because yeah. somebody might say actually having fillers in my lips or having botox makes me feel good about myself makes me feel confident yeah. but then they, they then that. they no you can't here's the thing it's how we bring up our daughters isn't it if yeah. you i try to tell my daughters i always told my daughters looks fade personalities and intelligence endure so there's always the girl at school how many times have you heard the reunion the miss homecoming prom queen and they get together 40 years later and she's some drab we all get old lovey doesn't matter what you do yeah so concentrate on what's in your head and in your 
I don't know. I know it sounds corny, but in you, we remember good people a lot longer than we remember pretty people. It's we remember true. pretty people there's back always, in the day. There's but always not another pretty person. Do you know what I mean? There's it doesn't, it doesn't matter what work mm. you do to yourself. There is always going to be like it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of it's a battle, a bit isn't of it? Win. And you're still going to get old. Yeah, yeah. prettiest and, person in the cemetery. Yeah. I, th- I think I think as, I think it's okay as long as you are very open about it and I think as long as there is transparency in terms of actually hang on a moment I look like this because I have three filters 12 rounds of Botox um, and this is the result I don't look like this because I was born like this I never say that though yeah but I well but I think they should because I think there is a misconception in terms of especially young young women coming through that they have to look like that and actually what they need to recognise is if they really want to look like that then they it doesn't just happen and they there's all this well let's call it maintenance and money um that is thrown into it and i think as long as there is transparency over that um it makes it a little bit safer in terms of mindset for for young women Mm. um yeah there's a transparency but still if you're seeing everybody with your you know with the kim kardashian balm even though you know that they've probably paid for it i didn't pay doesn't necessarily stop you (laughs) (laughs) i hated it as a kid i hated it I hated my lips. I mean, you know, I, I, I consider myself now in retrospect lucky because I grew up in a world where I was the only child of colour and I could not rely on my looks because I was not considered attractive purely because of my skin colour. And that still happens mm. for a lot of young women from various ethnic groups. So in a way, we're lucky that we, well, there is still a conformity to do with other things, but yeah, no, I know. I I hated that my big lips. So why people are paying to have them done, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting how the aesthetics changes, yeah. doesn't it, over the years? Sad thing is, we still, you know, I'm not a fan of Love Island, but but most people are. Yeah, it's and true. it's quite sad, isn't it? It was sad's probably the wrong word. It's just slightly disconcerting that actually, despite the fact that we sit here and criticise um, that look it makes good entertainment so therefore we all kind of have an opinion about it and we're all engaged by it and then it fuels it even more badass women's hour excel on talk radio she'll get you talking so on this show we like to talk a lot about entrepreneurship you know a lot of our listeners and people in our kind of uh, the badass network uh, are all setting up their own businesses and everyone i think there's a big kind of trend for entrepreneurship and we're lucky enough to be joined by a total badass, which is Namishka Brambat. Sorry, I knew I was going to say totally that wrong. Get my story. And you are a uh, advisor and consultant uh, entrepreneur. Uh, tell us a bit about you and what you do. Sure. So by profession, I'm a management consultant and strategist. So I spend a lot of time working with clients to help enable change in their business at a corporate level. But over the last three years, I've been doing a lot of work with young entrepreneurs or up and coming entrepreneurs, especially around helping them enable their ideas. So um, I think when I kind of came into this world of entrepreneurship about four years ago, there was a lot in the online space on how do you start a business? How do you do it successfully? But where I saw a gap was... actually helping entrepreneurs leverage their ideas. So it's one thing to teach somebody just how to start a business, but I think it's another thing to really enable them to create or impact change 
just by helping them understand exactly how their talent or genius could be leveraged to create solutions that solve world problems. So yeah, that's, big goal. that's a really interesting angle about your 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 passion for entrepreneurialism. Yeah. Um, you know, I think everybody's well aware of business and everyone talks about making money and, mm. you know, that's normally the narrative. Mm. But you're talking about entrepreneurialism as a way of creating change. Absolutely. What sort of what sort of change? Tell us a bit more about that and the businesses that you work with. So when I look at change, I mean, there's no shortage of problems in the world today. We all know that, right? And I think like a lot of the narrative these days is about there's this problem or there's X problem, but there's not a lot of discussion around, well, what could we actually do to solve these problems? And when I became an entrepreneur myself, I found that kind of being a, being a management consultant and also being an entrepreneur, the pace at which an entrepreneur can effect change is so much quicker because, you know, we're kind of in a decision-making seat. We have a team around us and we can really enable that much quicker. So, so some of the work I've done, especially with some of my like really what I call fun clients when I'm like, you're doing something really cool, is things like using technology to support parents who have autistic children. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're talking about... Say, uh, you know, a parent's had a child just diagnosed and they're not even familiar with what autism really involves or what it involves to take care of that child. But some some of my clients or the clients I've worked with, we'll develop like online apps which actually educate the parents on how to change the lifestyle, the schooling, the food, like all of these pieces of information that would otherwise be inaccessible unless they went through the NHS. It's like, how can we use or leverage technology to enable solutions that actually support people in their day-to-day lives and really help them in that way so those are just an illustration That's of the kind of clients example. yeah and are you working with a certain age group because I, I kind of feel you know to to generalize but i feel like millennials that are coming through are mm. definitely looking at business in a different way and developing businesses from how can they affect a positive change on the world do you mm. find you're working with more millennials or is it across the board in terms of who you're working with do you know interestingly enough it's not a lot of millennials i would i mean my ambition is to inspire many millennials but a lot of the clients i've worked with there are people who've probably been in their vocation or industry for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So they have this very deep set of expertise about what it what it really is required to elicit this sort of change. Mm-hmm. So those are the sort of people I've been working with. And that's quite fascinating for me because it means I get to take their expertise and then mm-hmm. kind of siphon that over to, you know, these budding millennials about, look, this is what's really involved. Because it is kind of bringing two worlds together. Millennials are very tech savvy and yeah. kind of able to work at that level but then they, they don't, don't have, have that expertise ex- nice exactly experience. so it's like how can you bring those two you could together? do loads in education around this yeah. do, you, do you have many projects in education for yes. example? yeah yeah because yeah. i it just the teacher in me is already thinking <laughs> I'm, I'm like <laughs> hundreds of different ideas just don't know how to implement them but you need that you need the tech expertise to do that so exactly. is that the, the perfect pairing for you i suppose yeah and i also yeah. think like having been a consultant like um you know so i started off my career at accenture which is one of the biggest you know consultancies yeah. out there yeah. so being in that environment was very much about, um, I, rem- I remember this really well, one of my um, career counselors said to me, he's like, Nimisha, never ask me what you need to do. Like, if I tell you do this, you just need to ask me, like, if, if I tell you to jump, you need to tell me, ask me, how high do I need to jump? And I remember him saying that, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> 
But that ethos shaped me because yeah. it meant that every time I was presented with a challenge, it wasn't about, oh, my God, I don't know how to do it. It's like I have to find an answer. Yeah. And that's kind of what you're expected, especially in the consulting world from your yeah. corporate clients. You can't go without a solution. So when you take that level of thinking or that kind of strategic way of looking at things and then apply that to these sort of settings, you find you're able to really solve things quicker. And I think that's what it is for me. It's about giving people the ability to strategically think about how they can yeah. realize their ideas as opposed to kind of following specific models or structures. Because mm -hmm. you've set up your own school, haven't you? The mm -hmm. Legacy Business School. Yes. And what I found really interesting about that and being an entrepreneur myself yeah. is I've, um, I've always thought that around business there's not enough talk around... Uh, your mindset mm. and you look at that but also you look at spirituality That's as well really could you, could you yeah. talk a little yeah. bit about the legacy business school and those three pillars that sure yeah so I mean kind of touching on what I've already spoke about the legacy business school was founded on that principle that we want to you know we want to build the leaders of the future we want to be the we want to build the new Elon Musk's the Richard Branson's the people who have all these genius ideas and I remember personally on my entrepreneurial journey, I had all the skill set, but I didn't have the spiritual grit that you needed. You know, like when you get into being an entrepreneur, there's so much more you're exposed to in terms of your self-worth. You know, you doubt yourself. You question so many things when you get knocked down. How do you pull yourself back up? Yeah. And I think it's tougher for millennials in this day and age to start a business or yeah. even if you're young because you're criticized so much more, you're exposed so much more. It's so much about who is influential, who has the positioning. And I think when you lean into spiritual practices, they really help you ground those pieces. What's my self-worth? What am I here to do? Why, why am I doing this? And how do I show up? Which is because there's a lot in business around find your niche, figure out how you're different. And I swear that drives me crazy because it's like when you say that to someone, you're almost asking them to forget about all the other things that they're very good at. You know, it's like niche down, pick one specific thing. But my principles are more around find a spiritual anchor so that you can leverage all the different things you're good at and that all comes from knowing your self-worth your value and those things i learned and, belie and believing in something yeah because like, uh, you know just thinking what you're saying and we were talking about this before about the online you know instagram twitter all of these things um and people the millennials believing that they have to be out there mm. or they have to be shouting from the treetops mm. about how successful they are yeah and if you don't have that inner spirituality, that becomes your spiritual world, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I also think like something that's not talked a lot about in business is the fact that we're all humans running these businesses. You know, we're still emotional people. We have triggers, like things yeah. upset us. And at the end of the day, I think it's so important for business education to talk about those things because I think that's what's going to help people survive in business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So where can people find your um, business school and find out more about you? So you can search uh, www.thelegacybusiness.school um, or okay. you can search me, namishabrombat.com and yeah, everything is on there. Sign you can up online. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much for coming in and Thank talking you. to no us. Problem. I'm sure you've inspired some of our, our listeners into thinking more about their 
their businesses. It's an amazing journey being an entrepreneur. It is. I can highly recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you have the dark days, but you have the great days. Isn't that right? Absolutely. But but the journey's definitely, definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, thank you so much for coming in on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I just uh, wanted to leave one last thought to say, um, you know, for me, entrepreneurialism has been one of the greatest opportunities of self-expression. Great. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. If you liked it, you know what you should do? Subscribe. Then we'll be in your ears every single week. You could also rate and review us. A little five stars makes us happier than anything. Or a lot of five stars. Or a lot. Come talk to us at Badass Women's Hour HR. Tell us what you loved and we'll see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.